This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much that, Lord, we have blessings that we can count. Lord, we don't, we don't make them up because you're, so, you're such a giving, blessing God that we just have so many. And so we thank you for this reminder now. Lord, as we open up your Bible now, we pray that you would uh, give us a blessing of teaching us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 here is our passage for this morning. And it reads, 1 Samuel 3.1. The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, his eyes began to wax dim. He could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Lay down again. Now Samuel did not know yet did not yet know the Lord neither was the word of the Lord revealed unto him and the Lord called Samuel again the third time and he rose and went to Eli and said here am I for thou couldst call me and Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child therefore Eli said unto Samuel go lie down and it shall be that if he call thee that thou shalt say speak Lord for thy servant heareth so Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. As we look at this, 
We're looking at a child, a little child, one of God's greatest prophets who is introduced to us like no other prophet in the Bible as a child. His history starts with him as a child. He is of, in his history, Samuel is of a sterling character. He's used by God in one of Israel's darkest times in their history. He's used by God to call Israel's first king, Saul. He's used by God to replace that first king with the great King David. Samuel was a great prophet of God. In fact, there are two books, as you know, we're in one of them. There's two books in the Bible which have his name, the first and second book of Samuel. And in 1 Samuel chapter three here, where we are, it tells about an experience that happened to Samuel, the little boy Samuel, that set the course for Samuel's life. This is, as verse one describes him, the child Samuel. We're not told exactly how much of a child it was, of how old he was. The historian Josephus has some information. He tells us that Samuel was about 12 years old. We don't know, it's what Josephus says. For Samuel 3, but what we do know about Samuel is a bit of his background that Samuel was born into a highly dysfunctional family. Samuel's father, Elkanah, had two wives, which was always a formula for a dysfunctional family. It's a formula for warfare in the home. There was no shalom in this home, and Penaniah had children, Panina rather, whatever, how does he say, Panina? She had children, and Hannah, his other wife, had no children. And Panina uh, loved to taunt Hannah because she had no children. And this tormented Hannah so humbled her, so disturbed her, that she prayed to God for a child like she never prayed before, even to the point where when she was praying out of, the, out of the absolute shattered heart, that Eli, the prophet, saw her and said, she's drunk. She's drunk with wine. And she had to go to him and said, no, no, sir, I'm not drunk with wine. I'm praying out of a broken heart. And that so touched Eli that Eli was sure prayed to God, God, whatever this woman is praying for, give it to her, give it to her. And her prayer was for the birth of a son. And Hannah, when the son was born, there was one thing that really impressed her about this child, and it was the fact that God heard her, that from the depths of her heart, when she prayed, she knew that there was an answer to prayer. She knew that God heard her. And so she gave to this little boy a very unusual Hebrew name that we don't see any other place. But it's from, it's from Hannah expressing God heard her. And she gave the name Shmuel, Shema El. God heard me, Samuel, as we say. And she made a vow when this child was born, she vowed within her heart, she said, this child that was given to me, I am giving him back to the Lord. I don't have to do it. I can keep this child, but I'm so in love with the God who heard my prayer 
that not only do I name this child God heard, but now it's going to be I give this child back to God. So she, in essence, vowed that she would transfer this child, who she prayed for, wanted with all her heart, she, in an act of an offering to God, thanksgiving, she would give this child back to serve Eli, the high priest, to work with the ark of God. So Hannah, she said to God, I'll just keep him until I finish nursing him, until I've weaned him. And that is probably the oldest weaned child in the Bible. We don't know how old he was, but I think my wife Cheryl took some inspiration from Hannah. And our last child, Joshua, she nursed him for so long, and she, he'd probably be nursing today, but, <laughs> but it so happened as she knew it was time to stop nursing when in public he would come and lift up her blouse. And she said, okay, that's the man. Anyway, so this was Samuel. Now, Samuel knew... Samuel knew about this conflict in the home between his, uh, between his mother and, 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 and his stepmother. I don't even know what you call those people, but anyway, Hannah and Penina, he knew about that. And when he was transferred, so he lived in a home of conflict. So when he was transferred from the home of uh, Elkanah and Hannah and Penina, you know, when he was transferred from that home, he was transferred into the middle of another horrible family life because the sons of Eli. Eli had two sons, and the names of the sons were Hophni and Phinehas, and they were the most terrible priests in the history of Israel. When someone would bring a, a nice meat offering to the Lord to be burnt on the altar of the Lord, a burnt offering to be burnt on the Lord by an animal, the sons of Eli would look it over and they would say, I'll have that for meat for myself. That's a nice looking animal. That's a nice, uh, I'll take that nice cut of meat right out of it. And they would take it and they would eat it rather than to offer it to the Lord. And this is the family that Samuel has become a part of. And not only did they take the best cuts of the meat, the offerings there. They were also on the lookout with for the women. They looked at the women like they were, anyway, to be taken as well. And we read about that in 1 Samuel 2.12. Horrible history, 1 Samuel 2.12. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. And the priest's custom was, with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servants came while the flesh was in seething with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand. So horrible that even the detail that the flesh hook had three teeth is recorded. And he stuck it into the pan or the kettle, the cauldron of the pot, all the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also, before they burnt the fat, the priest's servants came and said to the man that sacrificed, give flesh to roast for the priest, and he, and, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. And if any man said unto him, let them not fail to burn the fast presently, then take it as much as thy soul desirest. He would answer him, Nay, but if thou give it me now, and if not, I'll take it by force. Wherefore the sin of the young man was very great before the Lord, and the men abhorred the, the offering of the Lord. Just think about that. The people had gotten to a point where they hated to offer to God because of these priests. Verse 18. 
But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli blessed the Lord, and Eli blessed Elkanah, his wife, and said, the Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went unto their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived, and she bare three sons and two daughters. Boy, you can't outgive God. Yeah, she gives one son, and he says, I'll see that son, and I'll raise him by three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle, the congregation. And he said unto them, why do you such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, it's not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. If any man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with the men. Can you imagine such a situation? Such evil, such wickedness, such horrible actions on the part of these two priests over on this side of the, the fornication and, and, the, and the, the offering, and so, causing the people to transgress over here. But the little boy Samuel grows on in the Lord. What a contrast that is. Right in the middle is this 12-year-old boy who is keeping himself pure from his uh, stepbrothers or whatever they were. Wherefore the sin, it says, as just repeat, wherefore in 1 Samuel 2.17, 1 Samuel 2.17, wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for the men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Verse 18, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen ephod. He chose, Samuel chose to be a contrast to the sin around him. He was there working with those evil sons. He was like, it was like working in a trash heap. And Samuel became the white rose that grew out of it all. The people which sat in darkness saw great light, as it says about the Lord Jesus in Mark 4, 16. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. That was the Lord Jesus Christ. Samuel, growing up in the midst of all of that horrible corruption, defilement, and sin. He grew up just like the great darkness that the Lord Jesus was born into in the land of Israel at that time. And what does it say about him? Just like Samuel, it says in Isaiah 53.2, Isaiah 53.2, the Lord Jesus, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, a root out of a dry ground. Sin was rampant when the Lord was born. And the two words that, that, that characterized the Lord Jesus in his, in how, and how he grew up was he grew up before him. He grew up before him. Sin was rampant during the time when Samuel was growing up there in Eli's house. And that's what Samuel did. How did he keep himself pure? He grew up before the Lord. He didn't grow up before Hophni and Phinehas, the two evil sons of Samuel. He grew up before the Lord. 
And how is it that you and I are going to keep ourselves pure from all the corruption, all the sin, all the defilement that's around us? We are going to live before the Lord, and that will be, just as it was with Samuel, the way of purity, the way of preservation, the way of sanctification, sin around us. We keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, just as he did, just as he did. And we are told in Hebrews 12.1, Hebrews 12.1, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a crowd of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. This is how we do it. This is how Samuel did it. He grew up before the Lord. This is how the Lord Jesus was the tender plant. He grew up before him as a tender plant before him. This is how we will keep ourselves from the defilement of this world. We will look unto Jesus, and in so doing, we'll lay aside every weight in the sin which he so easily does beset us. So little Samuel, rather than looking to the sons of Eli, he looked to Eli to teach him. He looked to Eli to teach him how to serve the Lord. Little Samuel realized he was there, appointed by God, placed by God to do the work of God, and he was a serious little boy. He was a very serious boy, and he took his responsibilities very seriously. And this was the setting here for this one momentous night, which has been recorded for us in 1 Samuel 3. One momentous night. As we said in, in, in verse 17, 1 Samuel 2.17, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. The priesthood was sinful, but Samuel here, he's protected. There's a protection around him. He's got two older stepbrothers, I guess you call them, two older ones, and they were very forceful, very aggressive, ready to deck anyone that opposes them in their lust for meat and women. But here, little Samuel, who could be very easily overpowered by these two older ones here, very easily, but he's protected. How is he protected? He's protected with the covering of Psalm 91.1, where it says, he that dwelleth, in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The shadow of the Almighty is a protecting shadow. It's a protecting shadow. And if that shadow is felt and sensed and experienced in the secret place of the Most High. And as Samuel dwelt, as a little 12-year-old boy, let's say, as a little boy, as he dwelt in that secret place of the Most High, he was protected of the shadow of the Almighty from the evil influences of his two stepbrothers. This was the secret to him. So this one night arrives, that's recorded in, in chapter three. One night arrives, the most momentous night in this life of this prophet, when he's a boy, the most momentous night comes in 1 Samuel 3, 4. The Lord called Samuel. The Lord called Samuel. He didn't know it was the Lord. 
He thought it was Eli. And it says, and he answered, here am I. It was the voice of God. It wasn't the voice of Eli. It was the voice of God. It was not a loud voice. It wasn't a voice. Samuel, it wasn't like that. It wasn't a voice he couldn't hear. Samuel, it was just the very clear voice of God. Not a thunder. It was just a voice heard in the quietness, the stillness of the night. Not during the daytime, but in the night. That's the time when God chose to call Samuel. And that's the time, oftentimes, when God chooses to speak to us. I don't know if you, you go to bed and you think, now I'm going to get a good night, eight hours, I'm going to get eight hours of sleep tonight, and nothing's going to disturb me. Oh, it's beautiful, everything is all peaceful and calm, and you go to sleep, and all of a sudden you're up at three in the morning. What am I doing up? Okay? But that's the time. That's the time so often when God says, yes, it is a perfect night. It's a perfect night, and in the stillness of this night, we're going to talk, and I'm going to wake you up for a good, quiet time. And sometimes that's our most memorable, most momentous, wonderful times alone with the Lord when he says, Samuel, Samuel, get up, Samuel. No one's there. No one was there to distract Samuel and he chooses those times in the middle of the night when no one is there. He says, go, get your Bible. That's your earpiece so you can hear me. So God called to Samuel with his gentle voice. It wasn't like a thunder. It was very much like God called out to Elijah. Elijah, God called to Elijah in 1 Kings 19.12. 1 Kings 19.12, where it says, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. That was the voice. So small, so gentle, that it took the stillness of the night, being all alone for Samuel to hear that voice. And the voice of God sounded to Samuel like a human voice. thought it was the voice of Eli. It wasn't the voice of Eli. It was the voice of God. He thought it was. The voice of a man who was in a language that he understood. Wasn't in tongues or whatever. It was in a language that Samuel could well understand, and he didn't need an interpreter. And then he hears the voice, and he responds. And his response in 1 Samuel 3 5, his response was running. He ran. It says it makes a point of saying that. The little boy ran, he, and he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. He runs. He's tired. It's the end of the day. The poor little guy's been working hard, doing all the duties that had to be done out there around the ark and so forth. And yet, he thinks that even as tired as he is, he doesn't lay in bed and says, I'm too tired. Don't bother me now. I've got to go to sleep. I've got to get my rest. No, as tired as he is, he hears the voice. He thinks it's Eli. He hears the voice, and he gets up and he runs to him. Yes, sir. He appears there as he runs in. That says a lot about Samuel. It shows in his little heart there was this eagerness to respond. There was this, this desire. This, this, there was this happiness to serve. Little guy, if you talk to him, you say, Daniel, tell me about your life. He says, I'm happy to serve. I'm really happy to be here. Samuel, tell me about what it's like there to live in the environment there. Uh, Samuel, what do you think about those sons, the other sons there, and what they're doing and how evil it is? 
you wouldn't get a complaint out of him. The little kid said, I don't know, but I'm just happy to serve Eli. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.